0: Award winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer, and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody,
1: and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, Thanks for being a part of this show. Uh, this is all about Tennessee wildlife. Yes, and that's why we're here. We've got Mr. Don King helping co-host. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for dealing me in around the poker table again. Here. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. A lot to talk about, and it's all about ducks today. We got Mr. Jamie Fetterson, our migratory game bird program leader. He's the expert upstairs on ducks, right? Uh, that's what they say. Thing <laughs> all yeah. things migratory. All things migratory. Well, yeah, migratory game birds. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're glad you're here and uh, excited to talk about ducks today. And uh, we're going to throw in some goose information and some projects y'all have been working on and, and studies and that kind of thing. So yeah. should be a good show. But I wanted to first uh, let everybody know about this little guy here, this new hat. I'm not sure which camera Todd wants to put this one on. Maybe right here. How's that? Uh, this is a, uh, a new hat that you can uh, get online at gooutdoors.com. Tennessee.com.
0: And if you're listening on the radio, it's a brown, full covered hat with uh, a, a leather looking logo on the front of it with, yeah. uh, uh, with our agency logo. It says
1: Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency in a leather patch. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I got a, I got an early issue of one of those and got to wear it to a football game the other night, nice and warm. Mm-hmm. I have to admit. Yeah, I got one too. Good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So, Good yeah,
1: up. for only 20 bucks. Uh, you can uh, have one of those mailed to you Yeah uh, That $20 donation goes to help Help support our foundation Exactly All things wildlife So all the programs we're doing And all the outreach we're doing Helps fund those programs uh, And even studies and stuff like we're doing here all right. Talking about today with uh, some of the duck stuff And uh, uh, we're going to get started Jamie's going to going to give us an update uh you know last season was pretty tough on uh, on the birds uh it was uh it didn't get cold there's lots of water on the landscape uh we didn't shoot as many ducks last year as we thought we would didn't have as big a season but tell us about what's what was going on then and what, what yeah this year looks like.
2: yeah that certainly was uh that that was the sentiment last year that's uh lots of water you know of course we had some unprecedented rain during during uh november december january it was just uh way more rain than we had ever seen before um didn't get cold up north birds didn't get and that's certainly we heard that it wasn't just tennessee it was all of the states around us arkansas louisiana mississippi everybody was you know hunters were saying the same thing Uh and uh if you look at the harvest numbers uh, for a lot of states, it definitely reflected that. Uh, you know, uh, Louisiana and Mississippi's harvests were way down. Surprisingly, um, Arkansas and and Tennessee's, we were we weren't that far off of what our numbers usually are uh-huh. for for harvest. Now, it's. It, what I think that means is so coupling that with some of our surveys that we do during the winter mm-hmm. um, we do refuge counts every couple of weeks um on our on all of our all of our state run refuges mm-hmm. and our numbers were yeah, they were a little bit lower than they were in previous years, but they weren't off a lot uh-huh. but then there's another survey that happens on the first week in January it's called the midwinter survey uh, and we were down about a half a million birds, hmm. and that's a lot for us to be down yeah. uh, on that count. So, where those birds were at—had they not come down by the beginning of January? That's possibly the case. Um, did they ever arrive? We don't really know. However, our harvest doesn't really reflect that we didn't have a whole lot of that we didn't have a whole lot of birds because our harvest was not too far off what it normally is. So, mm-hmm. I think there were some enterprising waterfowl hunters out there that found some places where birds were hanging out. Uh, They were spread across the landscape, lots of water for sure. Mm. Ducks are notorious for exploiting newly flooded areas. I mean, areas that haven't had water on them for a while, ducks will be there on it and taking advantage of it. And any enterprising, wily, creative duck hunter is going to (laughs) figure out where those are at. They're going to take advantage of it. So we still had a fairly decent harvest states above us, north of us. Their midwinter surveys were a bit higher than what they normally are. Their harvests were pretty average and a little bit above. So certainly weather didn't get them down to us in time. It did get colder. Mm-hmm. Rain stopped in January, late January, got cold. And oh, we had a big cold snap in early February. And then all we saw, all of a sudden we had birds. Well, the season's closed by <laughs> right then. That's so. what I was
1: gonna say, how, how yes. long,
2: what's the season yeah. range there? So, uh, we're, we can hunt until January 31st, okay. and so that's what's uh, that allowed by the feds. Yeah, that's, yep. that's the latest we can hunt according to federal frameworks, uh-huh. and so it doesn't matter if the birds show up on February 10th, mm. we can't hunt them. No. So, so we had a perfect storm of things didn't go great for us last year. Uh-huh. Well, so what does that really lead into? If we didn't have a great season... All around that might mean that there's more birds actually headed back to the breeding grounds Mm -hmm. so that's a good thing okay getting a lot of birds back to the breeding grounds you need to have birds to you know more ducks to to Mm -hmm. make more ducks yeah and we sort of saw that that might be the case for a lot of species the bread and butter ducks for Tennessee the the mallards the gadwalls the green-winged teals for the, when the when the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service does their uh, springtime breeding duck counts, mm-hmm. those species were up uh, from last year. Not a lot. Um, wasn't gangbusters, but they were up a little bit. There were other species that were down, blue-winged teal, shoveler, uh, redheads. There were some other species that were down from what they were last year. So you sort of look at the overall total of how many birds were counted, how many breeding birds were counted last year, I mean, 2018 versus how many breeding birds were counted in 2019. Mm -hmm. And overall, it shows that the number of ducks are down. So again, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt, even though the total number of birds was down... For Tennessee's bread and butter ducks, they were actually up. Right. And the the nice thing is that for pretty much all of those species, despite the fact that they may have been down from 2018 to 2019, they're still almost all of them are above the 10-year average, the long-term average. So ducks are in pretty good shape. We had a couple of problem children, the northern pintails, the scop. They're, there's something going on with those ducks that we're, we still have them quite dialed in on to uh-huh. figure out what's going on with those guys and why their populations continue to go down. So right. we still got a lot of work to do there, but you know, duck populations are doing they're doing pretty well. Okay. They're doing pretty well. Now,
1: I think we've got a graphic that we can show and if you're listening, make sure you go check that out. Um but it kind of shows the differences uh uh, from 18 to 19 and, and the long-term average and yeah. some good numbers to look at there. I, I had a note uh, around 200,000 ducks each year. We harvest around 200,000 ducks a year.
2: Yeah, right. I and mean, that's kind of sort of average, uh, 200,000 is about our mark, and that's what it's been for maybe the last five years. Not quite 200, but right around that, right around there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we get about 22,000 duck hunters every year, harvest about 200,000 200, birds. Yeah. Um, of course, our bread and uh-huh. butter bird is uh, the you know, is the mallard. Mm-hmm. That's our big one. We shoot about ninety thousand of those every year. Gadwall, um, I think we're what
1: about fifteen thousand or so? 16, 16 here, yeah. yeah, thirteen for the American uh, green winged teal. Green wing, yeah. I got a, yeah. your abbreviations are hard to follow <laughs> here. Okay. Yeah, I got that, but it, it, yeah. it kind of matches up to this to this uh, water file survey that we're looking at. Yeah. here. it's uh, from the Tennessee. Tennessee matches up pretty close to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So our we, top I, birds are their top birds. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So um, it, it's um, it, it's really it's really really interesting to to be in a mid latitude state. You know, we're sort of like uh, when you sort of look at that. I, I think anybody that's in the, in into ducks they've seen these classic flyway. Um, Pictures where all of the birds are spread out across northern Canada and they sort of funnel down into the Mississippi Valley. But, like, if you look at where that funnel point is, where all these birds up north collect, we're, like, right there. Tennessee and the boot heel of Missouri and, and, you know, the the northeast corner of Arkansas, that's where all of the birds are meeting. Right. Right there. So we're, you know, West Tennessee is a really great spot for lots of ducks to converge on. And um, and our it, refuge
0: system is a great invite.
2: Yeah, it really too. is. We you know Tennessee is fairly unique in that, and it's not a lot of not a lot of state wildlife agencies that that own refuge that run their areas as refuge for ducks. Uh-huh. And so we're fairly unique like that. And and you know there's there's some uh, it's it's a good thing because it, it definitely holds birds in the area. Um, and, and you know it, it's sort of a you know, there's a, there's like a catch twenty two there. It's great you want them there in your area because it's going to hold birds longer. But you know, if you're hunting right around those refuges, <laughs> you kind of you, you know you're happy, but you're not happy because they're holding all the birds. Right, so right. you don't get the you don't get to shoot at them as much. But yeah. Um, so you know, I think they're a, a, a very very necessary component of 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 the management that 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 Tennessee does on the ground uh-huh. for ensuring that we're We're allowing space for these ducks to come down and do what they're supposed to do. We have a different idea in mind for them. Uh You know, as hunters, we want to shoot them. That's, That's what we want them for, and that's what we think their job is. But really, their job is to come down, do some courtship, find a mate, Eat food, get fat, get ready to fly back, and go make more ducks. Uh Like that's their job, and they got a lot going on. And you know,
1: interruptions. Yeah, so here we are, out.
2: You know, hunters blasting at them and and disrupting what they're supposed to be doing. But by having these refuges, we allow them these these places to go and do these things, so that they can continue to do what they're supposed to do as ducks. Right. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I had a note here about the Dakotas. Don, do you, you want to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had mentioned about the uh, the, the dry uh, snaps in, yeah. in the Canadian... Uh, pothole areas.
2: Right. So just because we have a lot of birds that might head back to the breeding grounds and our breeding numbers are good, you know, we're saying that mallards are up, gadwalls are up, mm-hmm. and, and green-winged teal are up from last year. Well, that doesn't necessarily equate to lots of birds being produced because they have to encounter the habitat conditions that are right for them to, to, to do some breeding. Well, mm-hmm. the Canadian prairies were pretty darn dry. Lots of the areas that they that they might go to didn't have the habitat that they needed in order to um, to make more babies. Right. So I'd like to temper hunters' expectations. Yeah, we sent lots of birds back, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily going to get a lot of birds back to us. Mm-hmm. So, but it may be a little saving grace in there is that the the Dakotas, the 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 U.S. prairies were really, really wet during the spring and summer. And so reports on the ground is that there was really good production there. So that could be a saving grace. It's a little bit, you know, it it's yet to be seen what might come of production yeah. this year. Real good in some spots, maybe not great in others. And are they going to balance each other out? We, you know, time's going to tell. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see that if we get cold weather and no rain and migration works the way it's supposed to. And, 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 and we might realize good hunting maybe you know again yeah. i want to temper expectations mm-hmm. just because we got great lots of birds on the ground we got to make sure that we don't get too overconfident that we're going to have tons of birds in the sure sky. sure okay cuz gotcha. as we saw last year things happen birds didn't
1: show up for whatever reason so mm-hmm. all right well uh one thing before we jump to the projects y'all are doing i wanted to i wanted to mention these bands hanging here behind oh, yeah. me uh those neck collars. These are neck collars for Canada Canada geese, Canada right? Canada geese, yep. Uh, and we harvest about twenty thousand of those a year in. in uh, yeah. In Tennessee, yeah,
2: we sure do. Um, so we band.
1: We we but, do. Yeah, why do we neck band? Them?
2: Yeah, so we so we put bands around their ankles. You know, everybody most everybody's familiar with bands that go around the legs of a bird. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, they're silver, got numbers on them. Right. Uh and we do that. We put about 2,000, maybe 2,500 of those on geese every single uh, every single summer. Our biologists, technicians, we got a whole crew of people that get out there and do this. Um every once in a while we've get uh well, been doing it for a long time with Dr. Dan Combs at Tennessee Tech. He has been putting out neck collars, so these are collars that obviously go on the neck, and they've got, um, for those of you who are on the radio and can't see, they've got two letters and two numbers. So it's like, and you the, can
0: read them from way,
2: yeah, yeah off. you can with binoculars, uh, spotting scope, and even with the naked eye, you can make out the two eight nine J that's on there, and so that that. That that's the whole point of it is that you can see that bird from a long distance. You don't, you know, because you can't see the, the leg band from that. Don't far, have right? to harvest right. it or
0: recapture it right. with, a, with some sort of right. capture. It, yeah. th-
2: that is the way of recapturing is by sighting that, that, uh-huh. that neck collar. So, so, uh, so Dr. Dan Combs over at Tennessee Tech has been putting these on for about 20 years. The cool thing about this is like you... With, with with geese they're monogamous and they have these really tight cohesive family units and they have these intricate social structures and so when you mark geese with with neck collars like this you can you can identify parents hmm. of and their progeny you know you know which ones are their kids and then huh. when their kids have kids you know young geese like he's got family trees, family histories for <laughs> for an amazing amount of geese around in Putnam County, around Cookville, around the Tennessee Tech campus. And he's, wow. he's like That's really seeing some interesting social structure, social dynamics using this net collar information. It's really cool stuff that he's, that he's looking at. So, um, yeah, if anybody sees one.
1: Please report it. Go All to right.
2: reportband.gov and and report your
1: yeah. your net caller number. I just wanted to make sure we yeah. could point those out. Thanks for the for studio decorations. Yeah,
2: plus, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'll get you a few. I'll try and get you a few ducks this year. Yeah, I'm still working on it. I know. I'll try and up. get you some.
0: Hey, hey. Uh, speaking of geese, uh, are these? Mostly resident geese? Or? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, so in Tennessee, yeah, we just don't get a lot of migrant geese anymore. And the, uh-huh. the, the geese that we're banning are resident geese. Okay. The, the new term for them, that we, it, we call them temperate breeding Canada geese. Okay. Um, because they don't breed in the Arctic like they used to. Right. These are, you know, pretty much every state in the U.S. now has uh, a resident population of, of geese. Okay. And we are definitely one of them. And, you know, I think our numbers are right around, we have... Maybe about Uh 80,000 or so. I think the last count we had was somewhere around 79,000. So we're up around 80,000 geese statewide, uh, harvest about 20,000 a year. So we have a pretty decent sustainable population.
1: Wow. All right. Well, excuse me. Um, A lot of projects are going on upstairs, a lot of research projects. And one special project that we want to talk about today is with Tennessee Tech, partnership with them, right?
2: Yeah. So about a year ago, we got uh, the green light to do a telemetry project on mallards. And so we're teaming up with uh, Dr. Brad Cohen from Tennessee Tech. Uh, we put together, he and I talked about some stuff, put together a really good proposal, uh, and got the commission to agree to, that this is some, some information that we need as an agency to, to manage our areas better. So what we're doing is we're going to be, uh, over the next three years, we're going to be capturing mallards that come down, migrate down into Tennessee uh, in the winter. So in November, December, January, we're going to catch birds, mallards, And we're going to be putting GPS transmitters on these guys and letting them go. And so we're going to be able to track where these birds are going. And and, and the neat thing about these transmitters is that you can program them to send a location as frequently or as infrequently as you want. So we we could get... You know, five-minute locations on these birds, what they're doing every five minutes, wow. where they are, every, or 15 or an hour, or whatever we need it to be at. Wow. And so that's the, that's the cool thing about it is that you can get as, as little or as much information as you want to. And the whole idea behind that is let's look at where these birds are sitting down, and we're going to go in— We've got students and technicians on this project that are going to go in and measure the vegetation characteristics of that particular location where that particular bird sat down. Okay. So that we can find out water depth, um, vegetation structure, vegetation composition, uh, um taking core samples and looking at like the seed deposition in the in in the first few inches of soil where a dabbling duck might feed mm. and we're going to try and we're going to take all that information that we know about known locations where ducks are using and get that information back to our area managers and say look this is where ducks want to be let's try and put that habitat on our management areas because yeah. you know it, it makes a lot of sense to create what they want versus what we think they want. When we finally know what they want, then we can give them what they really, really want and really, really need. And that's going to help circling back to everything that they need to do, making sure that they're, you know, fat and healthy and, you know, ready to go back to the breeding grounds, able to breed.
1: Right. Is this so. on <clears throat> only on... Uh Refuges, or is this on some huntable land as well?
2: Well, yeah. So, where we're going to be capturing them, we're going to be capturing them on refuge property. So, uh-huh. we're going to, we've got White Lake Refuge that we're going to attempt to catch birds at, Hop In Refuge, and then we're also working with the Fish and Wildlife Service, and we're going to be trying to capture some birds at Chickasaw National Wildlife Refuge. So, it's all happening in West Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> we're going to try to capture the birds there, but we know that these birds aren't going to spend all of their time on these refuges. We know that they're going to hit some of our management areas. We know that mm-hmm. they're going to hit private lands as well. So, um, our the students that we have working on this project, and it's a really good crop of, crop of students. They're really fantastic. They've already been out on the ground. They've already been talking to landowners, and getting permission to go out and do vegetation surveys on these properties when we finally start getting data. So, oh, neat. so yeah, so the, it, that's the really cool part about it is they're gonna we, we're we gonna be able to get like a true feeling for what these birds are using because we're going to have access to a lot of areas that we that aren't ours yeah you know they belong to private landowners and you know private landowners do a lot for waterfowl management they do and you know we don't acknowledge them a lot of times but they really do mm-hmm. um and they you know out in west tennessee there are a lot of conservations there are a lot of people that are Really, really into wetlands waterfowl conservation. So, um,
0: we're hoping to see and translate that into some good information. So, if the, a hunter takes one of these birds with a transmitter on it, mm-hmm. what's the next step?
2: Yeah, so that's a that's a real possibility for sure. I yeah, mean, you know, we can't. We can't put a sign or like a it'd be great if we could put a ribbon trailing on the, <laughs> the leg of the
0: bird. Do not shoot yeah. me, you know. <laughs> of course
2: that would be the invitation to shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> like those <laughs> helicopters at the beach <laughs> with the big flag. Right, right? exactly. The it'd the be planes. great. It'd <laughs> be great if we could put one but we so we know that there's gonna be a certain number of of, of ducks that are gonna get shot. Yeah. With these transmitters on. So um, the transmitters have contact information on them, and these birds will have, you know, uh, an extra band on them that says, you know, hey, please contact us. And it has a, uh,
1: there's an email and a phone number. TennesseeTechMallard at gmail.com. Yeah, that's the <laughs> – so
2: if somebody shoots a bird with one of these transmitters on them, please email TNTechMallard at gmail.com. There you go. And uh, let us know because – uh, we would really like to get that unit back. There, um, we can refurbish them. We can put it back out on another bird and start collecting more information. Uh, we have some um, some uh, dummy uh, transmitters. Not you, yeah. but we have some dummy transmitters that we can replace the actual transmitter. So you know, somebody can say, you know still have something that looks exactly like the transmitter right it's just not the transmitter it might be cool to mount the bird sure the, yeah. with the transmitter absolutely on so i mean that's the whole yeah that's the idea behind it is that they they will have their souvenir from yeah. the bird that sure. they shot so kind
1: of like a, a band folks yeah. like to collect the bands
2: absolutely and so. so and you know i mean that's kind of cool i mean i've I'd be pretty
0: pleased and happy and excited if I shot a bird like that. Yeah. Now, so. if you're watching online, you're seeing this huge picture of a transmitter <laughs> yeah. on the wall on our TV, yeah. on our Wildcast TV. But uh, how big is it? Uh, I can that? assure you it's not that big. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, so imagine about, about, it's about the size of a Matchbox car.
1: Okay. So, oh, cool.
2: you know, I mean, everybody knows how big it is. So those we got are. a bunch of
1: birds flying around with Matchbox on yeah, It's kind of like what it's going to be. <laughs> I yeah. I prefer Hot yeah. Wheels, but. Uh,
2: well. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So the transmitter is about the size of a little, little yeah, toy, little, matchbox toy, little toy matchbox, Hot Wheel car. Yeah. And and this one is red or kind of a brownish red color. Yeah. Why, what was the choice for the, why'd you choose that? Well,
2: you know, I don't think that we chose the color. I think that's just what the uh, company makes them as. Cool. And because um, you don't really want uh, anything that's too obvious on the bird. Yeah. Um, just draws attention. To sure. to the bird if it was silver or anything like that. Plus you got to worry about uh, silver getting hot on the back of a bird or whatever. But it's just I, I'm ass- and of course I'm assuming all this because I don't actually manufacture the transmitters, but. Um, that would be my speculation. It you just want, you just want a color that's subdued and doesn't really stick out, and you know would would be a, a beacon for predators or something like that. And that fits on the back of the bird. Yeah, these okay. are backpacks. they're they there. There's little straps that would wrap around the wings and the body of the bird that would keep them keep this thing mounted on there. That that, that black piece is a solar panel.
0: So oh, I was gonna yeah, ask so, you about
2: So these that. are really cool. Um, Theoretically, we can get about two years worth of life out of wow. out of these units. So, and that depends on how many. You know, I told you you could program it to tell you every minute, five minutes, fifteen minutes, or whatever, of where that bird is at. So, depending on how many how How much data
0: chimes in how
2: much data is collected by that unit and then transmitted to the satellite because this information is being transmitted to the satellite and then we're logging into the satellite and drawing the information back down Mm. so that's what really kills the battery is sending the signal up to the Uh satellite and so um, the more amount of data that it takes to send up and you know with things that have batteries rechargeable batteries the more that they cycle down and recharge that's what kills
0: the life of your batteries. And so. encouraging the birds to be near Wi-Fi, is <laughs> yeah, good right,
2: too, yeah, so. exactly. So faster exactly. downloads, right?
0: Exactly. Four <laughs> G. <4G.
2: laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah. So, um depending on you know what you program your 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 transmitters to to collect and the amount they've got to, to send up to the satellite, you could get. We could theoretically get two years. Wow, so, that's the, good. so that's really what's exciting about that is that we can put. A transmitter on a bird this year and we theoretically should be able to get them coming back next year cool yeah. and so part of one of the things that we're gonna look at is site fidelity winter site fidelity mm-hmm. something that we don't understand a lot about but we might be able to get some answers with this type of project is are there areas that birds love to come back to every single year hmm
1: so so we talked about you know we're gonna be sampling birds off of off of refuges but well some of the the ideas of planting and how to make habitat better well it happened on some of the wmas that we're hunting so oh. when the birds come down we're going to be providing them this type of food or this area. oh yeah
2: absolutely jason cool. that and that is really the impetus for this project is to get really good information about what ducks like and what we need to be putting on our management areas to to um make them attractive mm-hmm. make them beneficial and useful for the ducks that are coming down that, and that is that's a huge
1: part of this project cool. for sure awesome mm-hmm. it sounds like it's going to be cool I'd, I'd like to go out and see some of this work happening and then you said it's a backpack so it kind of yeah. straps around the wings doesn't mm-hmm. affect how it flies and...
0: that's correct awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's cool. What do you think, Don? I think that's a
1: a neat deal. I think it's great. Uh, TNTechMallard at gmail.com is an email. Telephone number is 864-580-8003. So if you find one of these uh, backpacks on a bird, make sure you report it and get it back to us. Yeah, please do. uh, Jamie, as always, thank you for all the great information. Uh, Thanks for what you do for our migratory birds and and all the work you're doing up there with the other guys. Thanks. I, I
2: enjoy coming down and chatting yeah, with you guys every you once bad. in a while.
1: Yeah. So uh, keep coming back. Keep watching. Uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast. TNWildlife.org is our website. Make sure you tune in there and, uh, and watch the show. You can listen to it there and find all the information as far as hunting guides, fishing guides. Uh, everything you need is right there at TNWildlife.org. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time on Tennessee Wildcast.